Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Hi guys, welcome back to the Yankees Magazine podcast. I'm Hillary Georgie. Joining me is Nathan Makaborski. Hello there. John Schwartz. Hey there. And editor-in-chief Al Sanasiri. Hello. So these guys all went down to spring training. I held down the fort up here. So tell me about what what was going on down there, guys. How did it go? You know, it's kind of the way it generally goes. It's uh, exciting. The weather's nice. And then, you know, a couple of days in, you realize just like, all right, I'm ready for the baseball season to start. And, oh, look at that. It's still three some odd weeks away. I, I was joking before this. We're in a day today. And the main story this morning was about whether or not Aaron Judge would do the home run derby this year, which is like the surest sign that we've run out of spring training stories. <laughs> Also, he, he said he didn't want to. How do right. we feel about that? If you're going to go out, go out on top. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I guess I, he said that, you know, he was kind of felt good about being one and done with it. And, you know, I understand if he attributes some of the shoulder issues that he felt during the second half to participating in it, then it makes sense to me. But, you know, of course, from a the, the fan part of me, would love to see him take another crack at it. You know, it certainly makes for a more interesting event when there's a guy who we know and we root for who's participating it who's mm. also the defending there's champion. three guys on our team now that were in the home run derby last year mm. so maybe one of them will still take yeah. part we still got a few we'll, options. we'll get to kind of watch it every day yeah, in batting practice exactly. so. and also like would you bet against greg bird in one of these also like two, group two of batting practice is going to be our daily home run derby i think we'll get our uh, fair enjoyment that way yeah i think it's okay you guys Tell me about batting practice so far. I know Nathan and Al, you guys were kind enough to report in from spring training in our last episode. Thank you for that, by the way. Absolutely. Um, so what were your impressions of seeing all of these guys hit? Not just Judge and Stanton, but how did everybody look? How did Gardy look? How did Didi look? How did everybody? It was fun. Look? I'll take a, take it kind of from the, the top of the list that you said, you know, because it's uh, watching Judge and watching Stanton and watching Gary Sanchez and Greg Bird in that same group is tremendous. I, I saw Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton hit a ball to right field out of the ballpark, like out of the stadium, which was just a tremendous, uh, powerful shot. And it looked like he was just kind of flaring at the ball, just kind of putting the bat out and the ball went out of the ballpark, literally out of the ballpark. So um, kind of like John was talking about a couple minutes ago, things like that. Um, spring training is always exciting, but things like that made this a more exciting spring training than you, a lot of other ones that I've been to, for sure. It just it, it gets you really excited about opening day. 
Aaron Judge, same thing, hitting the ball like just as hard as you could imagine. And, and uh, uh, even though we got to see that so many times last year at Yankee Stadium, it, seeing it again after a couple of months, it almost yeah, feels very fresh and very new and, and very exciting. And I thought, you know, as sort of a, a precursor to the regular season, you could tell that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on these guys, even during practice. As soon as the gates opened at Steinbrenner Field... Three people, hours before game know, time, people uh-huh. are showing up. Yeah, people were like racing in and, and lining up to, to watch these guys. And of course, you see the kids clamoring for autographs and stuff. And from what we've been hearing about ratings for the spring training games have been astronomical. Even though I wasn't necessarily paying uh, super close attention to you know everything that was happening during batting practice and spring training, I did sense that like, okay, this is how... This is going to go this year. You know, there's going to be a lot of just interest in, in what these guys are doing out there. It's also funny, though, because, you know, God, the last time we were here for a game was like October 20th or something like that. And in that time since then, like all we have done is talked about Aaron Judge and then Giancarlo Stanton. And then you get to BP and it's like, oh, right, Gary Sanchez. Like, <laughs> it's, it's oh, just yeah. like, Didi Gregorius can yeah, put a and, few balls out, too. And it's just like, oh, this this guy would be, like, you know, the, the spotlight hitter on any team. Yeah. And we have two hitters who overshadow him somehow. I mean, the, for all the talk about batting practice, by far the most impressive home run I saw in my time at Tampa was when Sanchez, in a game, puts one over the scoreboard in left field. In a game. That's not batting practice. That was yeah. He didn't hit it off a Nick Swisher, in other words. Exactly. <laughs> it, and it's just... Oh, right. Judge and Stan are going to do plenty, but it's not just Judge and Stan. Yeah, I was reading quotes today in a story. Like, CC and Gardner and all these guys were like, Sanchez is the best hitter on this team, yeah, and nobody incredible. talks about it. So, I don't know. I'd it's love to exciting. be Gary Sanchez. I'd love to be Greg Bird and be in this lineup with, with Stanton and with Judge and with Didi. I'd love to be any one of those guys because of the protection that they're going to have around them. Right. I mean, it's just yeah. ridiculous. You're going to see mean, a lot of fastballs. It's amazing. I mean, Tino Martinez called Greg Bird the best hitter on the team. And, you know, I almost feel like to, to what you were saying, if you talk to different coaches and different people, you might come up with five guys that are, quote, unquote, the best hitter on the team. And that speaks volumes for how deep the lineup is, one through seven at least. And it's weird to have these conversations when obviously the best hitter on the team is Miguel Andujar. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive because Brandon Drury came in and he was gunning for the third base job just like Andujar is. And so I think they're in in a pretty good competition now, these two guys. And Andujar is saying... Not so fast. Let me let me have my shot. I had a scout um, one day tell me after Andujar hit a home run, he said this reminds me of Alfonso Soriano in 2001. He's going to hit his way onto this team, and then he hit another home run his next time. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I, I I don't. I think the good thing about this Yankees lineup is they don't need him to hit his way onto the team. Right. Like Cashman gave up a lot for Brandon Drury. Those were two real prospects that he gave up, and I think the goal is certainly for Brandon Drury to be a starting third baseman on opening day. But if you're going to try to earn your way onto the team, this is one way to do it. And uh, Aaron Boone's got his work cut out for him. He's going to make some big decisions. Al, you wrote the story about Aaron Boone, birthday boy. Mm-hmm. When we put out this podcast, happy it'll be birthday, Aaron Boone's Booney. birthday. So happy birthday. 45. How happy do we, birthday. How do we feel about out. Shares him? a birthday with my sister-in-law. I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is important. Yeah. And the Yankees Magazine podcast audience needed to know that. Right, so now we're done with this episode, right? right? We're good. That. Thank yeah. you for joining us today. What are you guys's? What are your impressions of Boone so far? How do you think he's doing? How do you think you wrote the story? So, yeah. what were your initial impressions, and how do you think it's gone for him so far? Well, I, I, 
You know, my initial impressions, to be honest with you, started a couple of years ago when I went out to Arizona to do a story with him on the anniversary of his. Uh, he had a big home run here, I think, uh, a little while Did ago. He? Yeah, I don't know. Fill us in. Tell us more about Red Sox or something. I don't know. But I was just really impressed with him then, based because of his, his just his baseball acumen and sitting with him for it was a couple hours that I had with him there, and just really impressed with his baseball acumen and also. Um, I really liked him. I really liked the the, the way, he, just his demeanor. He was so easygoing, so professional, really fun to be around. Uh, and then fast forward to, to you know, um, after the, the Yankees parted ways with Joe Girardi and were looking for a new manager and Aaron's name came up and I thought, you know, this is this is a guy who I don't watch a lot of baseball games that the Yankees are not involved in. I'll watch Sunday night baseball just because I like listening to him and I and I felt like I could learn a lot about the game from him. So I was impressed even before that point. And um, I thought he handled the, the first day on the job here at Yankee Stadium extremely well, got questions about every possible facet of the job, about his life, handled it well, did really good. And, and then my impressions of him in spring training are much the same. Uh, so easygoing, but also so genuine and so um, interested in, in and invested in the players. He doesn't walk past a player in the morning without trying to have a conversation with them, without saying good morning to them. And I know that sounds maybe unimportant or something like you would take for granted, but when there's that many players in the room and he, he goes out of his way to do that, I think it means a lot. And I was extremely impressed by that. And, and the way that he deals with staff and people like me and John and Nathan, and you'll see that uh, when he gets here as well, is also very genuine and, um, and, and just you have, it's hard not to respect him. I, I'll totally piggyback on that. Um, you know, there's just one thing. I remember. First off, you know, he'll talk about CC. You know, he'll be very clear at that, like, not only does he remember playing against CC, but he was also teammates with CC at one point. And he just like, it's very clear that like, you know, he, he struggles almost with that part of talking about CC as a player who plays for him when he's telling stories about like taking three swings against him and literally corkscrewing into the ground. But, you know, to Al's point, he was uh, heading to the bus, which is, if you haven't been, exactly on the opposite side of where the Yankees clubhouse is at spring. So, you know, so people like the manager, they get to drive their golf cart there. And he's, you know, driving his golf cart through the bowels of Steinbrenner Field and just honking at all the players and kind of like swerving up next to them. And I, I say this as no knock to Joe Girardi, who I had a, thought was a great guy and I really enjoyed working with him. But like, it was just one of those things that you would never see Joe Girardi like screwing around like that, kind of like <laughs> on his way to the bus for a game. It is funny though, because he talked to some of the reporters and a lot of these reporters certainly covered Aaron Boone when he was here. Since then, as he became a member of the media, this is not a surprise. He's a very warm and chatty guy. And a lot of them developed really good relationships with him. And they're just saying, you know, it's strange covering him. It's strange, like, pressing him for news. But also, his press his pressers are a little longer right now than they need to be. <laughs> um, Girardi, by year 10, he certainly knew how to in and out of there in about six, seven minutes. You know, handled the five questions that were necessary. You know, Boone's a little chatty. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm wondering... When, when the games actually start counting and there's maybe a three-game losing streak, how that chattiness is going to play. Well, Al, I'm with you in that I will uh, miss his presence in the, the Sunday Night Baseball booth. I, I really enjoyed listening to Boone talk. We'll see how his replacement does this year. It, it's still very early. He hasn't been here that long, and we'll, we'll get to know him better over these next few years. But my initial like feeling is just like I'm, I'm really happy for him because I don't, you could just tell and you could as a broadcaster too like just how much he loves the game like he really wanted to be 
back in uniform, back in the clubhouse, and you can just see that he's loving it. He's loving everything about it. That's why he's, you know, happy to do uh, extended press conferences or whatever the, you know, whatever the day calls for. He just seems to really, like, attack each day with positive energy and and gusto, and um, you got to have a a love for the game to come back from from heart surgery the way he did. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find too many examples of professional athletes who have to step away to have that kind of uh, procedure done and find their way back to the playing field again afterwards, which is what he did. So I think his passion is, is really, you can't question it. And, uh, and I'll put that in his story. Baseball is his whole life. He's mm-hmm. been around it his entire life. This is all he knows. This is all he loves. And so it makes complete sense if you look at it like that. So It is. I mean, you... you Look, I mean, he, he looks, first off, I'll say, when he's in uniform, he looks older than, you know, I feel like he looks, you know, in a suit on Sunday. For some, something about him, he just looks like... Maybe it's the way he wears his hat, which it, I have real problems with. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> but you just see him kind of like against the cage during BP. And yeah, the smile and everything like that's there, but it's also just like, he fits. Yeah. And it kind of looks right. And, and I'll say, probably the main thing that separates me from the ability to be a professional athlete, I would say, is... Um, I'm a pretty competitive guy, but there are things mm-hmm. I don't understand. And I, I will still say, I don't know why you would want to give up that one memory he has as a Yankee and a pretty good job as a broadcaster, a national baseball broadcaster. Like It seems to me like that seems like a better job than being the manager of the Yankees. You know, with his cap, I just assumed that that was like, a nod to Joe Torre, you know, like yeah. kind of Maybe. You know, having played for I him just here, wanted like... to like, you know, tug that guy down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fit it on the head correctly. I mean, I made the comment, obviously, that spring training, it gets along really quick. But there are just those days when you're just out there in the sun on a backfield and you're baking because there's no shade and it's horrible out. But you just have like these like 19 players together who don't usually, you know, end up in the same groups or anything like that. Young players, old, you have 87 coaches there because minor league mm-hmm. camp isn't open yet. And it's just, everybody is in a good mood. <laughs> like everybody is laughing and having fun. And obviously, you know, Didi's around. So obviously most people are happy, but it's just, you know, it doesn't feel like that in late August. <laughs> it really is a very specific thing to March that it's just like, oh, this is a lot of fun. Well, we're halfway through, and uh, we'll, we'll make it. We'll get there. We're almost. We're almost. Yeah. Opening day, quickly opening approaching. Day. Three later. weeks from, as we record this right now, three weeks from today are the first games. Nice. Very exciting. Nice. So, uh, coming up on this episode of the podcast, we're going to play some audio that Nathan gathered from pitcher Sonny Gray when he was down in Nashville reporting on a Sunny Gray story that'll come out in the April issue of Yankees Magazine. And then right after that, we're going to talk a little bit about a special spring training visitor. We had Russell Wilson, who uh, Al is writing a story about. So stick around. Hi, this is Didier Gorius. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine podcast. Sonny Gray is pretty famous in his hometown near Nashville, Tennessee, but it's not for baseball. Sonny was actually a football star in high school, and despite his big league success, his time on the gridiron is what most people want to talk about. Nathan was one of them, so he, along with Brandon Mim of Yankees on Demand, talked to Sonny about his football legend. But they threw in some baseball chat, too. Here's that conversation. Football practice 
this thing when I was 11 or 12, maybe. Took me to football practice and, uh, maybe I was 10, 10 or 11. He took me to football practice and, uh, it just took me. Like, I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't a part of the team or anything. And it was like the first practice. He took me and that's all my friends, Jeremy and Jonah and all these guys that I'd been with my whole life. And, um, I don't even think they even knew. I just showed up at practice and, Next thing I knew, I was out there on the field playing football that year again, and I'm glad that I did because um, that was, you know, that's been a big part of my life. I loved football. I mean, loved football. But I knew that it was, you know, probably going to be done after high school, and I'm okay with that because, you know, the way I ended my football, the football part of my life, I don't, I don't want to call it a career because, you know, but the, the football part of my life, the way that ended, I couldn't be happier with it. Just the group of guys that um, that I ended it with. And I actually got invited to play. After my senior year, we won the state championship my senior year, I got invited to play uh, in, an, in, an all -star, in a senior all-star game in East Tennessee. It was all the, you know, the top seniors in the state from the East and from the West, and they're going to play. And they invited me to play, and I just, I, I told them that I just politely declined and and they were like, it's a really cool, like, why wouldn't you want to do this? And I just, I just told them, if this is going to be my last football game, I, I just played my last football game. I don't want to, I don't want to go and play with a bunch of people that I don't really know. And I want to end my, my football, football part of my life with, with these guys. And, and I did, and it was, I'm, I, I'm so happy that I did that. Coming over at the, uh, at the trade deadline last year, your first two starts we're on the road how long does it take like when, when do you totally feel like okay I'm a Yankee now like does it take a little while is it after that first start is, does it take till you pitch at Yankee Stadium till you're like okay I feel like a member of the New York Yankees now to me I think you've got to put on the pinstripes and you got to pitch in front of a home crowd and you've got to you've got to do good and you've got to do bad I mean because <laughs> it's going to happen yeah I mean, as much as I wish I could sit here and say that the best pitcher in the world. I'm, I'm never going to have a bad game. It's going to happen. It's baseball. And, um, but just, I mean, it was just, it was weird, the trade deadline. It was so much speculation. I felt like I was a part of the Yankees. I, I legitimately was rooting for the Yankees two weeks before the deadline because I knew it was, I knew it was inevitable to happen. And I think everybody did. So like, but it was just, it put me in kind of a weird, in, a, in kind of like a weird position. So, I mean, so when it happened, it was like, all right, we're, we're going, and it was just a weird, it was just a weird thing. But it was, I mean, it's cool. I mean, yeah. I was glad to be a part of it. What are your kind of goals for this season? I don't know, I mean, you definitely want to want to get better. I mean, I would, I mean, I would love to have the best year I've ever had in my, in my life. You know, that's always the goal, but, <laughs> and the goal for me is just, and this is honest to God, like, it's more about, like, winning that game, winning those games, and and I feel like we have a chance to win a lot of games. And the more that I can go out there and, and help the team win that one game, then everything else can happen. If I can, if I can get on the mound and and make my starts and pitch and get out there and just be on the mound, then good things good things are going to happen. Yeah. So that's more or less from what it's me about. Like I don't have any like specific individual goals or whatnot, but. I definitely want to get on the field and be on the field for as long as possible. Yeah. Because the longer you're on the field, the 
good things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how I think about it. And then watching you throw today, I, I thought it was really fascinating too. I mean, like it really cool to be that close to a major league pitcher who's like kind of airing it out a little bit. And and I'm watching you and like, you know, you're looking at your hand before you're throwing it. And I'm, what's kind of going through your mind at this point in the year when you know? At this point, the reason I'm I'm constantly looking at my hand and I'm looking at my finger positioning on the ball and so like all I'm trying to do is making sure that just going over like remembering my grips mm. and remembering what they feel like so so I want to feel it and then I want to look at it to make sure that it's correct because I, I have a tendency just to like grips can feel weird and I'm like, this don't feel right this don't feel right so now I'm just I'm trying to get it and I'm looking at myself and I'm 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 putting the grip that I want to throw and then I'm seeing what it feels like and I throw it. So then I'll, does that make sense at all? Yeah, no, it totally does. So then I'll, I'll, I'll grip a, a two seam fastball and I'll hold it and I'll look at my fingers and see what they look like. And then I'll throw it. Yeah. And then with the cutter, I'll grip it and watch myself grip it and look, make sure the grip's okay. And then I'll throw it. And I'll do that in the off season just to put it back in my brain. Like, you know, because in the season you get the ball and you're like, you got a feel and you're like, okay, I, I know what it's, I know it's right. Yeah. I know it's right. So that's, that's you're, why you're I like that. programming yourself kind of for kind the year. Of, yeah. So. And I'll, you know, I'll do it in spring and I'll do it in my bullpens and stuff. And I'll just make sure that I got my hand behind the ball. When you heard the news that the Yankees acquired Giancarlo Stanton to pair with Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and, and Greg Bird in that lineup and everybody else, uh, what was your as a pitcher I gotta I gotta think that makes you pretty happy to hear that yeah that was crazy I remember I think I was one of the active ones on Twitter that day it's one of those things that you sit around and you're like nah it probably won't happen but it would be awesome if it did what if it did what if it did and then when it happens it's just kind of like are you, are, you, are you sure are you serious <laughs> so we're I mean we're super excited about it I mean, remember everything I mean I don't, I don't know him as a person but I'll, I can't wait to get to know him yeah. and whatnot. but just we're very excited about it yeah. and can't can't wait to, to get it started yeah it's gonna be quite a show there be fun. <laughs> be fun. I'll, I'll probably stay out for bp a little bit longer yeah right i never stayed out <laughs> last year hi this is greg bird you don't have to wait for the first pitch to get caught up on some of the best stories about your 27-time world champion yankees subscribe to and download the yankees magazine podcast by visiting yankees.com podcast And we're back. <laughs> Al, tell me about Russell Wilson. It was a surprise when he came into a game, right? Like, I don't think that was supposed to, like, was that supposed to happen? I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting, expecting it either. And I had <laughs> spent some time with him a couple days before that, and that really wasn't the plan. But I will say, uh, as each day kind of unfolded or it took place, Nothing really would have surprised me because I think he came in as, as enthusiastic as he possibly could about the opportunity to, to quote-unquote, be a Yankee, um, to wear the uniform, to practice with the team, ultimately to get into a game as he did. And as enthusiastic as he was when he got there, after the first you know hour with the team and the first, the first hour with the team, he addressed the team and then he did some infield um, drills with Didi Gregorius and some of the other infielders. And literally within that hour, if his excitement was at 100, it went to 200 after that. He was so enthusiastic and so excited to be there. Um, and, and it just grew from one minute to the next. The next day, 
Uh, he had no intentions of traveling with the team. Uh, and that night he was trying to figure out how he could make that work and travel with the team. He just wanted to be kind of soak up every second of it and make the most of every second of it. It was actually really funny, too, because I got to Tampa on Monday. I landed at like 1130. I went right to GMS. I had lunch and then I went right to GMS Field. As I'm walking in, I guess, you know, looking a little bit lost just because I hadn't been there in about a year. Someone says to me, you know, he's on field three. It's like, <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I think maybe this person, like, is trying to direct me to Aaron Boone or something. So I'll cut to field three and I see Dee Dee's working on field three. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, not sure why. <laughs> okay. And then he's like taking grounders with someone who I figured was a minor leaguer or something because I didn't recognize him. And then I look over and then like it hit me finally. Like, oh, right. Russell Wilson is here today. That's Russell Wilson. And looking around like, oh, this is everybody is here watching Russell Wilson yeah. take grounders. Mm-hmm. Not easy to steal the spotlight on this team. <laughs> and he didn't want to. It's weird because an NFL player doesn't talk to the media. An NFL quarterback talks to the media one day a week and then after Wednesday a morning. Yeah. Wednesday morning <laughs> and post game. And the, the media guys were joking that, you know, he walks in there and he was like so nice to everybody, so gracious to everybody. But he walks in and says to them, like, hey, so what days do I talk to the media? And they're just basically like, oh, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> we're here this is baseball. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be talking. And, and sure, but, but he didn't, you know, he hung it. He hung by his locker. He didn't hide. He hung by his locker. He talked to the guys. You could see him. You know, they were, you could see the football fans on the team who were really gravitating to him. Sure. Um, and the other guys, he was, you know, he's a guy who he, he was mentioning in the press conference that part of the reason, part of the, what he was there to do was on behalf of uh, Chad Bowling, had a mental condition for the team, just be there as a veteran champion and talk to these guys about being a champion. A big part of what the Major League veterans do during spring training is talk to the really young players and just kind of rub shoulders with them a little bit. And obviously, Russell Wilson, his one at bat as a Yankee was a strikeout, but he still has plenty he can teach a guy like Labor Torres or Miguel Andujar about, you know, life as a pro athlete. And he embraced it. He really or, did. Or the guy who he probably spent the most time with, uh, which is Aaron, who's Aaron Judge, who, you know, has, you know, dealt with so much pressure coming up as a, as a rookie, um, doing so well, cooling off after the All-Star break, um, getting it back together. He spent a lot of time with Aaron, um, and I think that's might be the ba- the big the biggest benefit of his presence there is talking to a young superstar. You know, Russell won a Super Bowl, I think, in his first season. Uh, I believe her second season pretty early and, and obviously had a lot of pressure on him as a very young player as a starting quarterback. And I think he can, he can give advice on that and, and how to deal with that type of a unique challenge that not a lot of people in the world have ever dealt with, with guys like Aaron judge um, and other young players. What I was really impressed with is that, especially when I spoke with him is he had certain things that he wanted to get out of it. But he also had a lot of things in his mind that he wanted to help the Yankees with and help the players with. And it was very um, thought out. It was very meticulous. And uh, he was really there to, to try to contribute to this team, this team being the Yankees, not the Seattle Seahawks. And I thought that was really impressive um, for him to want to do that. Um, Another great signing by Brian Cashman. Great, great, great <laughs> trade. Great trade. I don't know what he traded for it, man, but it was a great trade. But, you know, the other thing that was kind of neat was the respect that the players had for him, whether it was Aaron Judge, uh, Aaron Boone, um, any, of the, any of the players or coaches. Um, and I think what was great about 
Russell Wilson is he came in and it wasn't just a publicity stunt. That was going to yeah. be my question. A lot of people would, could see this as just a sure. distraction, just a, more publicity, but it wasn't. I that think at it all. probably was a little bit of a distraction, but I think the positives so far outweighed the negatives. And I don't even know what the negatives would be that that a lot of media left all the players alone. I don't even think that's a <laughs> negative, you know, or that he got a lot of headlines at that point and, and got a lot of attention out of it, which which he may have not disliked at all but the positives like the ones i just mentioned just you know uh giving advice to players having players see him be around him be a a sounding board for any questions that they had which i think certainly aaron judge had uh mentioned that he had quite a few and spent a lot of time with him as did gene carlos stanton uh and, and as john said you know even the younger players i mean the positives so far outweighed the negatives that it's hard to it's hard to dislike it in any way, shape, or form, which is why I wanted to write a feature about it and not just cover it in a, in a bomber bite or something small because I felt like there was really a lot there. And honestly, he showed up on Monday, and Monday was a zoo. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday, it was Yankee Spring Training, which is a zoo. But, you know, it, the, the NFL guys were gone for the most part. I mean, he had a couple yeah. of people, you know, with him, but it, it was kind of normal. And the fun, so the funny thing is, the group he was hitting in, though, was with Judge and Stanton <laughs> and Greg Bird. And, you know, so we joke about this, like, you know, crazy batting practice show. But on Monday, the batting practice show was Russell Wilson. Like, mm-hmm. Aaron Boone is like, or Aaron Judge, rather, is just like, you know, another guy mm-hmm. uh, taking VP. Everyone was watching Wilson. And he's a professional football quarterback. He's not a baseball all-star, but he did okay. Um, he hit, he a, hit he, six out of the park. He hit, he hit some home balls runs. out of the park. It was actually, I, I appreciated the next day, uh, I was chatting with Greg Bird, who gave the proper amount of sass, just saying, like, it was a good day to be hitting yesterday. <laughs> as if Greg to Bird say, always has the proper amount as, of sass. As if to say, the ball was, you know, the, the flags were whipping pretty good when he got in there. But you know what? He hit six home runs out, which I think is six more than I would. You know, you could see that there were some nerves. You could see a lot of balls going to the top of the cage. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're swinging under BP balls, like, that's nerves, obviously. You're trying to hit the ball out. But in general, I mean, he looked like baseball player he didn't look like you know garth brooks or billy crystal or any of the other <laughs> you know guys who come in there as a little spectacle and do their spring training bp he, he looked like he fit in um, I, I i agree with you i think you know the the respect that the players had for him i think it was really good that um that batting practice round happens so quick into his tenure there because players saw that people were the players were watching it they were joking with him after he'd come out of the cage after hitting two or one in each round of, of batting practice and I think that legitimized it as you know he's 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 a baseball player uh, he's a guy that played in the minor leagues he can play um, he wants to do some good things here both for us and for himself and it's not just a publicity it's not Billy Crystal getting up there and um, you know, I don't know, not being able to, to touch the ball. And by the way, like, just to make very clear, that's also okay. It's spring training. Sure. Like getting a guy like Billy Crystal, like, the people who are, like, up in arms about, yeah. you know, like, this shouldn't be happening. It's right. like, this is spring training, and this was fun to watch. And, like, right. whether it's Russell Wilson or Billy Crystal mm-hmm. or George Clooney or, like, it. Gross, this is gross. fine. That's right, Billy Crystal. We're not making fun of you. No. We want you on the pod. No. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and also, it's it, it you know sports is entertainment, right? And that's what it was for the fans that were you know that saw Russell Wilson bat or that saw Billy Crystal bat or Garth Brooks when he I think it was with the Padres or whatever. It's 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 fun. It's entertainment, and um, 
you know, I, I agree with you. It's all good either way. One moment that I loved. So during spring training, a lot of mornings get kind of eaten up by various meetings that the players have. And there was one day when I was there and when Russell was there. That, Russell, first time basis. Yeah, no, we're fine. Um, <laughs> he, he knows me. There was one day that uh, there were two meetings back to back in the morning. So I was kind of like joking with him and I went over to his locker. I'm like, are they actually making you sit for like, you know, the MLBPA meeting and like the baseball assistance team meeting? And he's like part of the team. I have a question. <laughs> if, if Russell Wilson had a, a, a kind of like Dallas Keuchel beard when he signed with the Yankees, do you think they would have made him shave it for the week he was here? Good question. I think he wanted to blend in. He wanted to be part of the team so bad. I think he would have. He would. He would have shaved, shaved it off. Yeah. Even and, if it uh, was like part of his being. Then the Yankees yeah. just wouldn't have traded for him. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah. he's out. Yeah, I mean, no matter. What, uh, look, it was a good deal Cashman made, mm-hmm. but I think he would have passed up if there was too much of a beer. Mm-hmm. Well, he tried to get Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that was the deal breaker. Right. Unless it was. <laughs> Wilson. Honestly, like, I, I think for me, the biggest takeaway, though, was just like it was less of a sideshow than I expected. It was fun. I, I am not the world's biggest NFL fan. And I don't get caught up in this stuff too much, but it was fun. He played the part. He did a good job. He had fun with it. The players, I mean, Tyler Austin, I don't think there was a moment when Tyler Austin wasn't like attached at the hip to um, <laughs> Russell Wilson the entire time. And you know what? For one week, I thought it was great. I thought it was great that he got in a bat. I thought it was great that he had fun. And there's a lot of cynicism about any time you see things like this happen. And, you know, whether it's Russell Wilson or Tim Tebow across town, like, I think it's fine. It's great. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to read the story, which will be in the April issue of Yankees Magazine. Comes out sooner than we all think, I guess. We're working on it now. We'll be signing off on a busy week next week, that in the yearbook. And then it's opening day. And then, and then we just day. roll through to, you know. <laughs> and then and then it'll be October. And then, you know. Hopefully a long October, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. But look for stories online, yankees.com slash magazine. Follow us on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine. Um, there's still time to subscribe, yankees.com slash publications. It's never a bad time to it's subscribe. It's never no. a bad time to subscribe to Yankees Magazine where you're going to get more content than anywhere else, really. Because this seems to be a decently exciting team. Yeah, people seem to like it. They're excited. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. You are all still tan, and I am not. <laughs> so, thank you. Whatever. <laughs> Talk to you guys soon. Bye, everyone. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.